0: Welcome to the Bulwark podcast. I'm Charlie Sykes. Uh, Hey, if you have not signed up for uh, Bulwark Plus, I would strongly encourage you to do it. There's a lot going on. You know, a lot of people wondered what what would you guys at Bulwark do after the election if Trump is defeated being a never Trump site? Well, I, I think that's pretty clear. I think we have our mission statement handed to us pushing back against the crazy pretty much forever. Well, um, if you had signed up for Bulwark Plus uh, before last night, you would have had a chance to be on our live stream where we were discussing an unusually crazy day, the the dumbest coup um, and the the completely insane press conference with Rudy Giuliani. One one of our listeners, though, gave me the theme for my newsletter this morning, a clown with a flamethrower still has a flamethrower. These are deep, 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 deep thoughts. So joining me for our weekend podcast is Tim Miller, who actually endured the whole Rudy, whatever you want to call that, yesterday. You you, you sat through that thing, didn't you?
1: I'm going to come clean for the podcast listeners. Uh, I did not endure the entire thing. I fought against this. I, I fought against it. it, Charlie. I didn't want to. Uh, I saw I saw a couple tweets come across my stream about how Rudy quoted my cousin Vinny. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh, do I have to watch this? Then I saw a couple more tweets. And then after about 10 minutes, I was like, I guess we have to watch this. I, this is just the state of uh, right. where we're at in our country right now. And it's important that somebody is putting this into context for folks. So I suffered through, uh, you know. 80 minutes of the 90. So hey, that, I think that's hey, that, pretty
0: good. That, that, that's 80 more minutes than I did. <laughs> I went back on, on YouTube and and I I probably should clock myself. I can only listen to, say, Sidney Powell for about 35 seconds before my head starts to become incandescent. Here's, here's what I wrote this morning. And you tell me we really agree that the number one, you know, Trump's attempts to overturn the election are clownish and absurd, but they're also profoundly dangerous and un-American. And you, you had a great piece where you talk about the, the absolutely insane and un-American press conference yesterday. Um, but, you know, th- this is this is one of those moments where we're, you know, how, how how alarmed should we be? And I'm mean, going back to the, the sort of the Bill Crystal, you know, I, I am alarmed kind of thing that it is absurd at the same time and you know it is absurd it is the clown but the clown has a a flamethrower and he can and he can burn the house down
1: so yeah i look i agree i I think you know we spend this there's this time that is spent discussing like how alarmed should we be should we be concerned is there gonna is there is a coup happening is this just uh uh you know a bunch of idiots running around with you know uh juggling flamethrowers um and, like, the answer is, like, both, all, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I mean, it, we can we can look at this clearly and recognize that this is something that is almost, 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 almost certainly not going to succeed, right? Yeah. That, that Joe Biden will have his hand on the Bible January 20th. You know, he will fumigate the White House, uh, and he will enter it at some point after the fumigation is complete. Like, that is going to happen. But at the same time, um, you know, uh, th- there there are all other threats to our polity that are at play here, right and and to have the President of the United States's attorney comparing our democracy to Venezuela, saying that our uh, uh, voting machines were corrupted in the same way that tin pot caudillos, and Venezuela and Cuba and other Latin American companies corrupt their yeah. vote counting machines in order to rig elections for victory to the party that pays more money, and that is a very serious claim. There's a, there are all these downstream negative effects if you have half of the country thinking that that their vote doesn't matter. It 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 um, right, and so it makes it it. it in all these future instances, it makes people less interested in respecting our democratic norms. It makes you less interested in respecting our institutions because they do not believe that they are legitimate. And so, you know, even Marco, you know, I saw this going around, Marco Rubio wrote about this in an op-ed where he was attacking the left over not whatever taking trump's you know not not calling trump legitimate when you know bernison obama met with donald trump two days after the election or whatever it was a stupid yeah. it was a stupid criticism back then but he recognized this like th- th- this was not um you know this is not like crazy talk uh this is something that that, that had widespread agreement across our politics you know like two months ago
0: well, the other thing, though, is, is, you know, going back to the Russian interference, the the goal, Vladimir Putin's goal was to sow, uh, you know, uh, confusion, to to raise doubts about our democratic process. And, you know, I don't know whether there was much Russian interference this year, but it didn't have to be because it's all coming from the president of the United yeah. States.
1: Well, here's what so, look at. Here's what Marco said just really quick. Yeah. At this point. I, I pulled it up like the biggest achievement that any adversary has ever scored against us in an election cycle is to bring us to the point where people honestly believe that the person who's going to be sworn in was not validly right. and legitimately elected like that's what that's what marco wrote 4 years ago that is exactly what the current sitting president of the united states is doing right this second so it can be both ridiculous and serious at the same time it, you know it can be both clownish and absurd and also you know something to be concerned about
0: yeah, and and I think I, w- I want to get to the the absurdity of what was said yesterday because there's no evidence for it whatsoever. I mean, it is it is just it is a debunked conspiracy theory. Um, people need to remember that the the Trump campaign is on a massive legal losing streak. Every time they go into court, uh, they they lose and they back off from their allegations of of uh, of, of, of fraud. But I mean, you do you use the word un-American and I, and I think it's it's worthwhile just you know stepping back for a moment because I look, we, we have been criticizing Donald Trump for four years. I mean, right. I do feel that there is a dark vindication for never Trumpers, that everything we're seeing now is the culmination of what we have been saying would happen if you put Donald Trump in the White House. But I mean, you think about what what he's doing right now. I mean, he's not merely the worst sore loser in the history of America. I mean, he's gone AWOL on his most basic duties. He's not even doing his job. He's not protecting the, the country. And he's uh, and this is you know while he's abdicating his responsibilities. He is quite literally, openly trying to orchestrate a raw authoritarian scheme to overturn a Democratic election by getting the legislatures to basically ignoring the popular vote, which is breathtaking. And he's also in the process of sabotaging the nations war against the pandemic by refusing to go ahead with the transition. So he's childish. He's reckless. It's absurd, but it's deadly all at the same time. You know, if only, if only America yeah. had been, had been warned.
1: Yeah. I said, I use the word on American. I stand by that. Stuart yeah. Stevens used the word on MSWC the other night seditious, which I think it is. Uh, you know, it is, it is sowing, uh, you know, an attempt Um uh, uh, at rebellion against, you know, the duly elected president-elect in, in, in Joe Biden. And, and, and look, I mean, again, this is something that we all could have, that, even, that all Republicans would have clearly recognized as un-American just a short time ago, right? I mean, the idea that a president of the United States would compare our democratic system to, to China's and Venezuela's and yeah. Cuba's and say that it's indistinguishable. I mean, remember the whole Obama apology tour thing where it was, I, I, you know, this was all Fox News talked about for months and months was how, how you know, un- un-American and how he trashed our country by apologizing for some of America's past indiscretions and in foreign policy. Donald Trump is is attacking us now is saying that america is as bad as 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 dictators now right and so this is this is the other article i wrote recently which is he they all all these republican senators all these republican candidates have become what they used to claim to hate you know they're all sore losers and crybabies and un-american
0: so we wake up this morning to this headline in the washington post Trump uses power of presidency to try to overturn the election and stay in office. President Trump is using the power of his office to try to reverse the results of the election, orchestrating a far-reaching pressure campaign to persuade Republican officials in Michigan, Georgia, and elsewhere, probably including Wisconsin, to overturn the will of voters in what critics decried Thursday as an unprecedented subversion of democracy. So this may be a dumb coup, but I will tell you, it is too coup-like for complacency. And we are in an area of of American history where we're off the map. We've, we've, We've kind of like we've run off. It's like the tanks have been going too fast. And we are in a completely uncharted territory of of American history. And it almost seems redundant to say that none of this would be happening. If Republicans would have stood up to Donald Trump, if they would have recognized um, Joe Biden's victory the day after the election, if they had taken the easy off ramp, we would not be where we are today. And the only reason that this has the remotest chance of success uh, is is, is, the, is the question mark, will Republicans go along with him? And as of right now, we had some good, a good statement, I thought, from Mitt Romney, a good statement from uh, Ben, ben Sasse. Horribly wimpy statement from uh, Lamar Alexander, but right now the Republican Party—and I feel like we've said this a million times, Tim—the Republican Party's acquiescence to Donald Trump is not cost-free, and this crisis is yes, Donald Trump is the proximate cause, but this is inconceivable if the Republican Party did not wink and you know have have that muscle memory of of cravenness.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was cost-free to them. Is it, And this is the down, you know, downside of what happened to the election and what I think vindicates the people who are on the burn it down side of this debate is that they, they don't feel like they are were held responsible at all for their enabling of Trump because they weren't other Republican elected officials. And so I, I think that explains a big reason why they're continuing to behave like this. But I, I, I want to underscore your point because I, I think that there's maybe a lack of appreciation for this. They could end this. Yeah. Right. Should. Like, like they could end this if there, if Mitch McConnell and and other Republican senators and governors from across the country and Ron DeSantis and Craig Abbott and Brian Kemp had a jo- had jointly spoke out and said, "Yeah, our democracy and our elections are more important than than pampering." Donald Trump's feelings, like he lost this election, we're grateful for his blah, 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 as President of the United States, and he did all the blah, 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 and they can suck up to him all they want. But to have a clear statement that this is over, Joe Biden is the President-elect, and and it's time to start this transition, you know, the Senate has the power to, uh, you know, force, you know, the GSA and some of these, uh, uh, some of the intelligence briefings to begin, um, you know we could we could resolve not all of the crisis because you know trump and mm-hmm. oan and newsmax and blah 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 would still continue but but, but this would be largely resolved if they just said enough right now and, right. and they refuse well and
0: these these michigan officials instead of instead of uh you know with their tail between their legs going and answering the president's summons to go to the white house could have said uh, no mr president that uh, we have work to do here at home um we are not going to in, you know be involved in this we are not going to be part, uh, participants in overturning this election now i think today is is potentially quite decisive in terms of what happens over the next couple of months these two leaders Uh, from michigan have said in the past very very clearly that they did not think they had the legal authority to throw out the election and name the electors that they weren't going to be doing it so you know are they going to be browbeaten into changing their mind are they going to say well we're just asking questions because if they come out of that meeting tonight and suggest that maybe they're open to participating in this legislative coup then i mean you know cry havoc and let slip the dogs of war.
1: I think it's important to say their name. So Lee Chatfield is the speaker of the house in Michigan. He is the, he's also, uh, I think the head, I don't know what his exact title is. President, um, chairman of the RSLC, which is uh, the Republican state leadership committee. It's like Mm. the, you know, NRCC, but for state, state house um, Mm -hmm. uh, campaigns across the country. It's a 34 year old guy. Um, uh, wants to have a future in politics, is a striver, and up-and-comer, but is, you know, was like a Romney supporter. This is not a, a far, you know, a populist Tea Party, Louis Gohmert-type figure. Um, I, this is a big moment for somebody like that because uh, the Michigan election was not close. I mean, no. this was a three-point victory. I, I, Joe Biden won the Michigan election by 10 times more than Donald Trump won it by in 2016. So, I mean, the senator... Who who got a uh, kind of a, a harangue at the airport today? I, I know less about him, and, and you know is I, I think potentially a, a less right target for this. But but you know if only one of these two chambers in Michigan says that they will accept you right. know, the electors based on the vote, then it's over. So so uh, you know this is again kind of like our Secretary of State in Georgia. It shouldn't. This is a, a good sign for our system of checks and balances that we have dispersed power like that that is you know good um, but it shouldn't come down to these random state officials but unfortunately it is and and hopefully Lee Chatfield will do the right thing and if not he, he yeah. should be held account to account
0: and, and the other guy from the Senate uh, who's who's also going was up there. I just saw a picture of him. On the stage during the uh, anti-mask rallies, with one of the guys who's been indicted for the plot to kidnap and murder the uh, the Democratic governor of of Michigan. So, uh, this is going to be decisive. Let's, less hopeful then, uh, yeah, yeah, less less hopeful le, less, less hopeful for that. Well, in <laughs> case there's any doubt about all of this, I, it it is it is extraordinary how open. The Trump lawyers are and I want to talk about the you know who these Trump lawyers are in a moment. But Sidney Powell being um, second only to Rudy Giuliani in pure egregiousness went on the Lou Dobbs show last night. And I'd like
1: to call it a tie. I'm just going to throw that out there. Okay, that's gonna a second, that, that's please.
0: very. Well, at least she didn't have the hair dye, you know, <laughs> rolling down her face during it. So maybe, but so she goes on Lou Dobbs, and th- th- this is her plan. Let's let's play let's play Sydney Powell from uh, Lou Dobbs last night.
1: The entire election, frankly, in all the swing states, should be overturned, and the legislatures should in make sure that the electors are selected for Trump, and it's going to have to follow the constitutional provisions that it go be decided according to the amendment. It's just... Let's... let's Uh,
0: Okay. So I mean, bleep me here they say yeah in all the in all the swing states, you know she, she has not been able to prove a single act of fraud in any court of, of law anywhere in America, but she's on saying yeah I, I think that the legislature should basically disenfranchise all those millions of people and do this. look I think everybody needs to take a deep breath here because uh, this would be unprecedented, potentially illegal strategy to do this. No state has ever done this kind of thing. Uh, the, there's been some explainers that are pretty good uh, about this, you know, the, the constitutions do say that states get to decide how to allocate their electors. Um, but the legislatures have already decided they're going to let the voters just, you know, uh, choose, yeah. choose the electors. Now lawmakers can apparently can change that, but they would have to do it before the election, not after the election. So most legal experts are saying. Yeah, there's there's no real role for the legislature and in a place like Michigan. It will be up to the governor to certify the electors. But we're getting to the point where the the fevered fantasy of the you know Trumpist right wing will be to have what two competing sets of electors sent to uh, sent, you know, sent sent to Congress and that we might actually have a fight on January 6th. I mean, what what is the end game do you think here? What does Donald Trump really think is going to happen?
1: Well, so uh, before I get to the end game, I, do, I just I want to make one point, which is, man, are we lucky that Joe Biden won this thing clearly. Oh, yeah. Yes. Like, really because cause I, when I was one of the disaster scenarios I was worried about, which we might have talked about on this podcast before the election, was in a case like Pennsylvania, where they had that disputed. And you know, if you mailed your ballot on a certain day but it came in late, like whether to count it. And, and like, let's say that Pennsylvania was a hinged state yeah. and that, you know, these ballots were, were determinative, uh, you know, I, I that's a situation where I think we really might've had competing slates of electors. And I think surely you look at this now and, and obviously the Republicans would have gone along with it and, the, and, and there would have been a legitimate effort to steal this election, um, that, that had a good, that had a chance of succeeding. So thank gosh, thank Dominion, um, that we didn't, uh, have that. But uh, as far as you know, what the end game is, uh, Jonathan last on, on the Next Level podcast for the Bulwark Plus subscribers said something. I hope he writes about this because he made a great point, which is that I don't know that there is a le- there isn't a legal end game, but the political end game, the political game played, has been very successful. And what it has done is it has continued to bind this Republican party tighter and tighter to Donald Trump Mm -hmm. as his son tries to think about taking over the RNC and as his daughter-in-law wants to run for Senate North Carolina. And as he contemplates and teases a run in 2024, he's putting the clamps down on all of these people and making this a litmus test. And so how, how that game plays out, I'm still a little unclear between say, you know, mid-December when this thing is certified and the Georgia vote on January 5th uh, and then the inauguration January 20th. I, I think that is going to be a intriguing three week period. Um, but I, I don't I don't I don't think they have any real end game for actually flipping the election.
0: But the damage can be very real. No, I, 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 I think that is true. Although one of the questions that I do have here is that and just and bear with me for a moment, because I don't think there's yeah. any evidence of, of of any sort of dysfunction or or significant fraud. If there were legitimate questions out there about the way the votes were counted, the way they were cast, the way they were processed, doesn't doesn't things like what happened yesterday undermine them coming out with these batshit crazy things about George Soros, the Clinton Foundation, China, Cuba, Venezuela, you know, programmed rigged election machines? I mean, doesn't that. Undermine the even the possibility that there are legitimate questions that can be raised.
1: I just, I don't, are they thinking about that? I mean, maybe there are one or two people on the campaign who, you know, are sniffing their own farts and thought that they had a serious, uh, you know, fraud claim and like Rudy Giuliani with his, um, you know, bloated. Uh, wiping a snot all over his face, ridiculous visage is like oh, is, is overstepping them and they're grumpy about it. Yeah, but like there wasn't any. There was, there, there, I, I, maybe, sure, maybe there are a couple of cases here and there. Maybe there are 10 cases of fraud or 100, 100 in a state. I mean, you know, you want all these states by 5, 10, 15, 20. In Michigan's case, 150,000 votes. Well, <laughs> you know?
0: I See, I, I, I think that what you are seeing is, is a little bit of a crack up from Trump world. I think that there is a division. I think that there are people in Trump world who are looking at this and going, Oh man, this is a complete disaster because I mean, okay, you did a great, you did a public service by breaking down some of the crazy stuff that Rudy Giuliani and Jenna Ellis, is that her name? And uh, Sydney Powell talked about. I mean, so if I can just read this, if you, you, you actually went to the trouble of diagramming the conspiracy, which makes no sense at all that, that, okay. So the Democrats paid the voting system company to flip X percentage of votes from Trump to Biden course, but they didn't do it for any other any any other Democrats. Okay, so number two, like the gang from office space, they put the decimal point in the wrong place. And so the number of votes changed were not enough to overwhelm Trump's landslide victory. So they're arguing not only that Trump won, but he won by a landslide. So the system was rigged, but it wasn't rigged quite enough. So three, they had a backup fraud plan in case their payment to the voting system company didn't pan out. So thousands of fraudulent mail ballots were sent in as shown by the fact that some of them were very neatly filled out and others were crammed in very messily. That proves the whole thing. This is further proven by the self-evident truth that obviously liberals cheat in something Hugo Chavez, which is actually, I think, a fair good faith summary of how obviously nuts this was. So it was interesting that, It's CrowdStrike all over again. It is. The CrowdStrike Ukraine stuff, which is that if you actually break it down and try to chart out, you realize this is just insane. No rational person can do it, which is why a lot of Republicans like the Josh Hollies of the world aren't really engaging with the same thing. Well, they're just asking questions. And if they're asking questions, you know, isn't that legitimate to go through all of this? Which brings me all to something somewhat. This is a little bit man bites dog thing here. Um, Tucker Carlson, and I'm, i I want to go on record, not a fan, not a fan of Tucker Carlson, uh, goes on Fox news last night and eviscerates Sidney Powell. Now I'm just trying to imagine being your average Fox news listener who, you know, has been mainlining all of that grievance and victimization and Trumpiness for all this time. Um, who has been regarding Fox news as the safe space where you go and you're not troubled by inconvenient fact checks and you hear, Tucker Carlson basically saying Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani are completely full of shit. Let's play it. It's about three minutes. and Then I want to talk about it
2: by former prosecutor Sidney Powell, who has also served as General Mike Flynn's lawyer for more than a week. Powell has been all over conservative media with the following story. This election was stolen by a collection of international leftists who manipulated vote tabulating software in order to flip millions of votes from Donald Trump to Joe Biden. The other day on television, Powell said of Trump that when the fraud is finally uncovered, quote, I think we'll find he had at least 80 million votes. In other words, rigged software stole about 7 million votes in this election. Here's some of what Powell said today about the software. One of its most characteristic features is is
1: its ability to flip votes. It can set and run an algorithm that probably ran all over the country to take a certain percentage of votes from President Trump and flip them to President Biden, which we might never have uncovered had the votes for President Trump not been so overwhelming in so many of these states that it broke the algorithm that had been plugged into the system. And that's what caused them to have to shut down in the states they shut down in.
2: That was a few hours ago, but Sidney Powell has been saying similar things for days. On Sunday night, we texted her after watching one of her segments. What Powell was describing would amount to the single greatest crime in American history. Millions of votes stolen in a day. Democracy destroyed. The end of our centuries-old system of self-government. Not a small thing. Now, to be perfectly clear, we did not dismiss any of it. We don't dismiss anything anymore, particularly when it's related to technology. We've talked to too many Silicon Valley whistleblowers. We've seen too much. After four years, this may be the single most open-minded show on television. There's evidence that a lot of things that responsible people used to dismiss out of hand as ridiculous are in fact real. And we don't care who mocks it. The louder the Yale Political Science Department and the staff of the Atlantic Magazine scream, conspiracy theory, the more interested we tend to be. That's usually a sign you're over the target. No. A lot of people with impressive sounding credentials in this country are frauds. They have no idea what they're doing. They're children posing as authorities. And when they're caught, they lie and then they blame you for it. We see that every day. It's the central theme of this show and will continue to be. So that's a long way of saying we took Sydney Powell seriously. We had no intention of fighting with her. We've always respected her work. We simply wanted to see the details. How could you not want to see them? So we invited Sidney Powell on the show. We would have given her the whole hour. We would have given her the entire week actually and listened quietly the whole time at rapt attention. That's a big story, but she never sent us any evidence despite a lot of requests, polite requests, not a page. When we kept pressing, she got angry and told us to stop contacting Mm -hmm. her. When we checked with others around the Trump campaign, people in positions of authority, they told us Powell has never given them any evidence either. Nor did she provide any today at the press conference. Powell did say that electronic voting is dangerous, and she's right. We're with her there, but she never demonstrated that a single actual vote was moved illegitimately by software from one candidate to another. Not one.
0: <laughs> okay, so Tim Miller, we'll take it, I guess. Well, I guess I would part in part take it, but I'm I'm li- listening to that and going, okay, what what is going on there, and. You could tell that he's talked to other people in the Trump campaign who's who basically think Rudy Giuliani is just out of his freaking mind. And they they had assembled a, you know, relatively middle grade, you know, high powered uh, legal team to deal with the election. And those people have been completely sidelined and none of them were anywhere near the building yesterday. You notice that? So you got a sense that that there are people in Trump world who are throwing Rudy under under the bus. And you reflect that. But, you know, this is good news. But, but I, I, I don't want people to misunderstand it because it's not going to stop this flood of, of bullshit because Giuliani and, 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 and his folks know that, you know, even the most bizarre lies are going to find an audience in the right wing's media ecosystem. And if people wanted Fox News to be a safe space and they hear that, um, a lot of them are just going to run over to One America Network, right? One America Network News, whatever, Newsmax, which are, you know, in this food fight to take over the audience and the ratings of Fox News because they can be even trumpier. So you're still going to have outlets that are going to push this. You're going to still see, you know, flooding social media. And that's, that's, that's one of the real problems is that, is that you can basically throw out the craziest, nuttiest conspiracy theory, and you will be able to get millions of people who will, will hear it and will believe it.
1: Yeah. I, I, I mean, sure I, I want to, here's the thing. I, I'm of two minds with this. One, it's good that Tucker is doing this. I need to take a shower after saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but Tucker has gained credibility with his audience through, um, as he said at great length, his extensive flirtation with conspiracy theories past and, you know, his commitment to playing footsies with white nationalists. Um, and so, and, and being a, you know, populist, anti-establishment guy he's gained credibility with his audience through that and so him softly helping them off the ledge is a good thing if that makes you know a hundred thousand less people think that our elections are, are fraudulently rigged by Venezuela that's that's a net plus so good on Tucker for that again, and, and my second thought is it also is crazy that Tucker's less scared of his audience than all these GOP senators are some of whom who just got elected. Like, what is Tom tillis worried about? He's not up again for six years. Why can't he just speak? For truth, okay, by right? the way th- th-
0: this is this is an important point. So so to Tucker Carlson, not a fan, yeah. um, Tucker Carlson actually showed more guts because he really could face real-time blowback from his audience. He showed more guts than people who have a six year no cut contract. You've just been reelected to the United States Senate. You have nothing to worry about for the next six
1: years, right? Yeah, exactly. gonna be a perfect time to stand right. up. And so they could, again, they could do the same thing that Tucker's doing. And this is the, the negative side of what Tucker's doing. He has to do the absurd throat clearing about Yale and the Atlantic and, uh, you know, all this nonsense yeah. about how terrible liberals elites, are, yeah. how conspiracies against elites are usually correct. Like, he's got to do all this nonsense before he gets to the point, which is like... Sydney Powell's batshit crazy and has no proof for what she's saying. Um, but but Tom Tillis could do that too, right? I mean, so so it, Tucker just showed how low the courage bar is here. You, you can you can reaffirm how great Trump is and advance all these other insane conspiracies and still say, but like, okay, guys, this is a bridge too far. Like, like that is not too much to ask, and yet every GOP senator except Mitt and Ben Sasse has has refused to take that path or to me, I guess now, but he's out. He's, he's not up for re-election.
0: Yeah, but he's still a Senator and he, and he could do it. Um, You know, and, and, and this is this, uh, we keep coming back to this, that I, I, after yesterday's press conference, I did cross my mind because I'm incredibly naive and I'm, you know, Lucy with the football and all of that, but thinking that if you're a Republican elected official, you watch that and you go, okay, you know what? Uh, I'm out. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for the low hanging fruit here of saying, let's respect uh, the will of the people, a peaceful transition of power. Uh, let, let's do all of those things. Right. Um, and yet, 24 hours later, you know, maybe a little bit of a trickle, uh, but but not but not much. And, 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 and so this the fact that we're sitting here and we're, this is Friday morning. People listen to this all weekend. So maybe you you, you will know more about what's going on with the Michigan politicians. The fact that we are seriously talking about the possibility of the Republican Party declaring the vote of their own constituents to be null and void and doing something unprecedented, illegal, probably unconstitutional by just flipping their states and naming their elects, that that we're even talking about that is so insane. But it also shows what has happened to the Republican Party and their willingness to serve Donald Trump's whims. Because really what is going on here is is Donald Trump's petulant tantrum, that he hates losing, can't acknowledge he's losing, is pretending he didn't lose, which is his psychological that that's you know, that that's the the Trumpian syndrome that somehow has infected the rest of the party. You know, I mean, it's it's one thing you've known people who are sore losers, right, who just I just don't want to come out of my room. I want to put my pillow over my head. That doesn't dictate, you know, your life choices then for right the next two years. Right. And yet the Republican Party is allowing itself to be held hostage by this guy's petulant
1: tantrum. And it's amazing. It continues to be amazing. Even after all these years, it's amazing. Yeah, they need need a safe space. That's why this is why Newsmax and OAN are happening. They need, a, they, need a, they need a space that's even safer than Fox. Like Fox isn't safe enough anymore. They don't want to hear any, any, anything that hurts their feelings. They don't want to hear any facts about the, about the president's loss. I, it's, again, it goes back to what I said earlier about you know, the Obama apology tour. I, this was everything that conservatives railed against for my whole life. You know there were sore loser man bumper stickers. I mean, how much ink has been spilled on Ben Shapiro's website about about safe space? Uh, facts don't uh, you know? Don't let facts hurt your feelings, losers. Uh, you know, millennial. You know, uh, campus. It's culture. not about your I,
0: feelings. It's yeah. about the,
1: that's true. I, so, I suppose
0: that Ben has been tweeting out, right? I mean, that's his whole thing. Facts don't care about your feelings, and so suddenly that entire movement is. We all care about Donald Trump's feelings in spite of the facts.
1: Exactly. That's what this is all about. I mean, it's, it's really, when you step back and think about it, it's cra- It's even crazier than it seems that, there yeah. is, that the, the, the enti- there's an entire political party, uh, an entire Senate and House caucus who represent the people, who all of their, their their highest and best goal is to protect the feelings of one guy who is, who is a loser. Who lost and who is going to have no power over them um, uh, in, in, in two months, uh, uh, you know, as far from a, from a government standpoint. I, I think right. that that's what it comes down to. They're worried that he will still have a power over them by being able to sick his sycophants against them. Um, but the but,
0: longer they stick with him, the more likely it is that they will have to be cowering before his his tweets. And it's the same and, and, strategy
1: as 2016. Well, like well, we it, saw how this didn't work. You know, nobody yeah. attacked him until the very end, right? And and he gained, 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 gained strength, right? This was the same theory of the case as why he won the nomination in 2016 in the first place, and it's just deja vu all over again. So let's
0: assume that they're rational actors. And I talked with Brendan Buck, um, a mutual friend of ours, yesterday, and he's looking. It's a rational calculation because. Because the base is completely behind Donald Trump right now, you could stand up and tell Trump to do the right thing. He's going to ignore you. He's not going to do the the the, the right thing. You will accomplish nothing, um, and yet you will have unleashed you know the flying monkeys you know right at your uh, right, you know right at your throat. So it's it's a rational calculation but but I'm but that's the the rational calculation that has gotten them into this corner. Look, there's a certain interest if you if you are a Republican and you want to think about the future and you want to run for example in 2024. If if Donald Trump, you know, finally decides, okay, this was stolen from me and continues to lie about the election and says he's running in 2024, he blocks the he blocks the lane for everybody. You can't have a you won't be able right. to have a an exploratory committee. You won't be able to, uh, you know, put together a staff. You won't be able to raise money. Right. I mean, he screwed the Republican Party for another four years. If you do it, if you're Mike Pence, basically, um, you know, you're done. I mean, that's that's I mean, he's probably done now. And 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 yet none of them will take this easy the easy step of saying, I'm sorry, I'm a conservative, I'm a Republican, but th- what the president's lawyers said yesterday is crazy, it's dangerous, it's damaging, I'm an American first, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That doesn't strike me as a hugely high risk thing to do right now at this moment.
1: Yeah, again, it's this game theory from 2016, right, where where had there been a collective Effort to say, okay, we're all we're all taking this guy out, right? Again, maybe that wouldn't have worked. Who knows? Maybe maybe Trump had just tapped into something so deep seated in the base that, that there was no stopping him, and maybe it wouldn't work now. I, you know, you don't know. I, I can understand at an individual level that everybody's individual calculation is was why would I why would I put my face out there, you know, to get the tomatoes from. <laughs> You know, like uh, uh, all of the Trump fans, right? And I, so you, so I do agree with Brendan on that—that that it's an individual ra- rational calculation. But that, I mean, as a group, they can't get together and just say this has gone on too far, right? I mean, they could, they could, yeah. and, and 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 they would maybe take some heat. But again, you know, it's hard to predict exactly, you know, how that would play out and what would happen. I, I think it would be that would be also a rational action to say let's try to get out from under this. But and I think maybe maybe that was something they would do had they not won. And that's the yeah. other thing is that they, they all were reelected. And so I think that they all that's basically the, get, the lesson they got from the voters was, you know, we punished him, not you. And OK, so, so they're yeah. going to have to take some pain.
0: So here's, here's some perhaps reassuring news. Uh, Tim Alberta from Politico is uh, is based in Michigan. He knows Michigan politics inside and out. This is his thing. Very smart guy. Very wired in. He tweeted out just a few minutes ago, just FYI. After 48 hours of high-level conversations with Michigan R's and D's, it is clear the results will stand. Joe Biden will receive the state's 16 electoral votes. There is no alternative under Michigan statutes. This Trump-Michigan GOP meeting is a sideshow on par with Rudy's presser. Hope he's right about that. Okay, I have, an, I have an interesting question to ask you, uh, Mr., Mr., Mr. Consultant. Okay. What should Joe Biden do now? Is it, 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 at some point do the Democrats have to be more proactive? How do how should they handle the the, the not just the the, the legal uh, push, the attempt to delegitimize the election, but this incredible effort? I think to make it impossible for Republicans to work with him, to demand that Republicans neuter a Biden presidency and render it almost completely null and void. Has, has Biden been aggressive enough or has he, has, has he brought a you, know, a, you know, a kumbaya to a knife fight?
1: Yeah, I, I think he's been fine. I, I understand the criticism of him that maybe they, that they should be debunking this stuff more. But, you know, it's, it, it, again, he won so clearly that I think that they have the confidence that they are going to get in and that this is a sideshow and that that the Republican let let the Republicans burn themselves out over this, um, you know. I think that if it if the threat became threat level became a little greater, you know, maybe the aggressive pushback would, would need to be there. But I, I think he's played this right. I, I think that you know, particularly if you look at the voters that he gained, you know, that, that were these voters in the suburbs who voted for Republicans down ballot? You know, he's going he's going to want to keep those people in the coalition. I, I think playing nice right now continuing to have, um, you know, this sort of kumbaya, as you say, message uh, is good. And then I think that once he gets in there, the play for him is to make these Republicans put their money where their mouth is on popular populisty things, right? Big package of relief for COVID. The actual infrastructure week that never happened under the Trump you know, administration, uh, minimum wage increase right i mean there are pop there are 80 percent issues out there that are that are populist in a sense um that that I think that he can lean into and and just see and say okay you know if Mitch McConnell wants to block these populist things then we'll put it back up to the voters again in 2022 I, I think that is a more likely for success play, given who Joe Biden is, maybe a calculus would be different if Bernie had won, right? But, uh, but given that who Joe Biden is, I think that is his best path towards uh, actually getting a majority in 2022 and being able to do things.
0: Yeah. Uh, Okay. Uh, Before before we wrap up, I, I just want to go back to a point you made before, because I wanted to, to underline it. Um, because I, I've had the same thought over and over and over again, that we are so fortunate that this election was not closer, okay. that, uh, you know, the fact is that Joe Biden won decisively. He's going to win the popular vote by close to 7 million votes, more than 80 million votes. Uh, the, the the margin in the states that he won, I mean, some of them are not massive, but they are clearly, um, they're, they're not Florida 2000 level. We're not talking about 1000 votes. The closest election, I think, is, is Arizona right now, which is about 10,000. One, Georgia, again, by about 14,000, more than 20,000 in Wisconsin. Um, don't know what the final Pennsylvania numbers will be, but there will be over 80,000, more than 140,000 in Michigan. Because you're right, if, if this had been closer and it had been in fewer states in play, I think that we, we, we are seeing exactly how it would have played out. And I think we would have had the full-blown... Uh, attempt to flip the election. There's no question about it. Um, and and I got to say that the, the, the dangerous precedent that's being set because we keep moving the window of acceptable behavior is d- don't be sure that it won't happen four years from now. Don't be sure that somebody in the future might not try these since we have millions of voters who are apparently open to it
1: this is why it's important to, to that they stop it now because stop not only will voters want it they'll demand it yeah, they yeah will the voters it. are getting this expectation that, that that if it is closer that they will use every lever right. and cheat and steal to take this election so yeah and here's just just to underline the point you made i've been i've been trying to use this as a shorthand for people this is a bigger victory than 2000 obviously Bigger than 04 against John Kerry, which we don't like look back at as a particularly mm-hmm. close election. This is a bigger victory than 2012 um, over uh, Obama's victory over, um, over Romney. And this is a bigger victory, obviously, in 2016. Same on the electoral vote side, but, but big, significantly bigger on the popular vote side since Trump lost the popular vote side. So every election except 2008 of right. this century uh you know including some that aren't really considered to be all that all that close and so if that if, if if with if with a victory that clear you know they're they're trying to undermine the results i mean think about all the space between what we ended up with at 306 electoral votes and what it could have been
0: no and especially and your point about the expectations um uh, the the way, the way we're seeing the the political culture shift all these republicans who have now decided that that graciously conceding is, is a sign of weakness. What a cuck you are, if if you do that. That 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 somehow it is it is now the expectation that you fight and you scrap for every vote. By which they mean you fight and scrap to throw out as many votes as possible. That has been internalized. That is the expectation of what of what a fighter does. Okay. So my favorite thing. I just got to throw this in at the end. Uh, The Dinesh D'Souza tweets today. Did you follow this at all? No. I love this. Okay. So it's basically, everybody knows who Dinesh D'Souza is. It's basically Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell, and a few others versus a massive swarm on the other side. This is like the movie 300, a few Spartans in a narrow pass against tens of thousands of caterwauling Persians. My money is on the Spartans. No, What's great for those of you who haven't seen it is the Spartans get wiped out in the end. They lose It's the Battle of Thermopylae. And these guys keep doing these, these tweets about it's the Death Star. It's like, could you be people? Do you ever watch the end of the movies do you ever, before you use them? Like the Death Star gets blown up. The Spartans get wiped out
1: and yet they're still using them. I don't know. It's just... The world ends, the world ends, the world ends. Not with a bank.
0: But with a wimpy tweet <laughs> from Dinesh D'Souza. So... Hey, uh, Tim Miller, thank you so much for for joining me and ending the week on on, on what we're going to consider to be a high note, because next week's going to be better than this week, isn't it? All of these states are going to be certified. And we're all going to take a deep breath,
1: right? Your lips to dominion's ears, Charlie. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And thank you for listening to today's Bulwark podcast. I'm Charlie Sykes. We will be back on Monday and we will do this all over again.